Sound of success. Get stuck somewhere along the way, you can just ask me another question. But I, you know, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I will do that. Not a worry. Yeah. Anyway, um, here we are at Cranley House, and I'm in the company of Catherine Armitage. And today's programme, we're going to cover the subject in two parts... Uh, so it's a split programme, uh, of homeopathy. But first of all, before I get into that and the questions and allow Catherine her head to start talking, um, I want to ask her a little bit about whether she would introduce herself and tell people about the venue that we're in, which is Cranley House in Coombe So it's now over to you, Catherine. Thanks, Dave. Great to be speaking to Good you to speak today. to you as well. Yeah, about such a... A fascinating subject that I'm very passionate about. Um, I've been interested in homeopathy since my son was born in 1987. Um, and actually before that, during my pregnancy, I chose... I was living in France, where homeopathy is much more current. And mm. you can... Mm. It's available in all the, the pharmacies, in many different potencies. You can, you can buy the remedies... And I found myself a, a homeopathic GP, oh, right. uh, which I was very excited about, who also practised acupuncture. And um, I went to see her um, for the whole time that I lived in France and talked to her always, whatever little ailments came up um, with my son as a baby and as a toddler and a, a young child. And she even used to come out in her car um, with homeopathic remedies for me, which I found absolutely amazing and, and actually wonderfully delightful, the mm, thought mm. that a GP would get in her car Fantastic. and bring me remedies to my home, which was just a couple of yeah. miles away. Can I, can I just sort of pull you back yes. onto, the, onto the, the question that I asked yes. you in the first place, which, with the greatest of respect, yes. if we let people know what Cranley House is all about first... And then we can discuss the homeopathy, uh, homeopathy, should I say, in greater detail as we progress. So if yes. you can outline, outline Cranley House <laughs> a little bit. Yes, absolutely. So Cranley House is a wellness centre. It's been set up as um, a healing um, centre. And we are an alternative bed and breakfast. We offer vegan, vegetarian B&B. And we offer what I would call healthy stays for people. So people who come and stay here, they can practice yoga with us in the morning. Um, they can get some homeopathic advice. They can book an appointment with me. Um, they can have some massage. They can have some healing by donation. Um, and they can come and get, get good food. So it's a bit like a retreat centre. It's like a sort of ongoing retreat that people can dip into and dip out of. That's a great description. I mm. like that. And people can just come for a day if they want to, if we're running a course mm -hmm. on how homeopathy works, how to use a homeopathy kit. Or they can just uh, pop in for a massage if they want to, or a, a cup of tea and a, a chat. 
and then we'll try to help to orientate them towards practices and therapies which might be useful for them, whether it's mindfulness or meditation or yoga or um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, where we've been studying my partner Stuart and I, who run Cranley House, different alternative therapies between us for years. Stuart started Transcendental Meditation when he was in his 20s and he's now retired. So he, you know, we, we, we're steeped in, in, in this way of life. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, that's great. And so to, to, to sort of precede that, basically, as you said, it's a wellness centre, it's a holistic centre and it's just got a great vibe about it. So Thank you. Thank you. And I'm pleased to be associated with it in various ways anyway now back to um what is homeopathy that's a very good question um i'm asked i often ask people what they think homeopathy is um and they come out with all sorts of things and maybe it's good to start with that um some people think aromatherapy is homeopathy. Aromatherapy is a wonderful, wonderful therapy, but it actually uses essential oils. And in homeopathy, we don't use essential oils. Um, people um, will say they think that homeopathy is something to do with plants. And yes, it can be to do with plants. Homeopathy has been used since ancient times. It is not a modern thing. It has been thoroughly tried and tested. It has various principles, and I maybe just take the name because it's it's quite it's a strange name, homeopathy. It comes from the Greek, and people think, what does that mean? Um, homeo means similar, as in homogeneous, um, and pathy is suffering, suffering. So homeopathy put together means similar suffering. Mm -hmm. Now that's a strange idea for people to to even think about. Orthodox medicine, using drug therapy, would be termed in the Greek allopathy, which is treatment with opposites. So to give a couple of um, ideas uh, or examples of uh, similar suffering, if you're out at a picnic and which we're hopefully, we're, the summer's coming now, hopefully we'll be having some more picnics <laughs> Absolutely, <yes. laughs> on the beach and the wasps appear and invariably a small child who will scream loudly is stung by a wasp. Um, we, if you've taken your homeopathic remedy kit with you, we have an amazing remedy for uh, wasp stings and bee stings, which is called Apis Mel. This remedy is actually made from honey bee sting and if it's potentized, which means diluted and shaken, diluted and shaken, diluted and shaken many, many times. There's a lot, there's maths principles and pharmaceutical principles involved in this, which I won't go into in this uh, podcast, mm -hmm. but we can go into later. But suffice it to say, it's been diluted and shaken many, many times. Um... It is then made into a remedy with a few drops of this dilution onto a little sugar pill. You pop that in the crying child's mouth and their sting symptoms will disappear almost immediately. So this is very powerful. Some people think that homeopathy can take a long time to work. No, 
when we're dealing with emergencies like uh, and you know um, therapeutics in this kind of way it can actually work really quickly and really effectively and that's why I love using it with children because mm -hmm. of that that fast effect so that just gives you one example of, of homeopathy a bit of a mad one you might say is that the ancient Egyptians if they uh, were bitten by a crocodile from the Nile and they had a nasty gashy wound they would actually take raw meat to place on the wound wow so that's an example an ancient example of homeopathy and an even more ancient one which goes into myth is that the sword that made the wound if it's placed in the wound can also heal it that's um, I've heard this one before, mm. yes, and I, I've always been intrigued by that one, how a piece of metal can actually clear the wound yes. and, and heal the wound. Um, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of, is a quote that springs to mind, because I don't understand that, and I mean, I, I don't profess to have mm. any great knowledge about homeopathy. But uh, it just amazes me, that one. It is a very interesting one. Mm. It's all about energies, I feel. And again, um, homeopathy, uh, to come back to the definition, is an energy medicine. So, you know, when we're talking about pharmaceutical drugs, for example, they're mainly petrochemical drugs, which mm. have a physiological effect. And um, some of these effects can be measured. With um, homeopathy, it's it's it works much more on an energetic level. Right. So if you, to give an example, if you play a G-string on a guitar and there's another guitar, I know you're a guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice analogy, yes. <laughs> in the same room, or um, that will also sound, the G-string. The resonation yes, of the thing. Yes, there's a resonation. Yeah. And, and homeopathy is a resonance therapy. So we're looking for a remedy which fits hope, hopefully the whole person we're looking at what we call the constitutional picture right. which is the mind body emotional type and we know in our lives that uh, we can identify different people with different characteristics mm -hmm. so um, some of the remedies that we use have have certain personality and character traits and and they're great fun and they're very colorful so I'll just go into this briefly that's fine um, you carry on so the arsenicum type arsenicum is a remedy uh, made from white arsenic arsenicum album we use fancy latin names but actually they're very simple um, when you translate them mm. um, this the person who needs this type of remedy will be what we call the gold topped cane person the person who when you go into their kitchen they're their surfaces are immaculately clean. All the cups are put away tidily in the cupboard. Um, you, you feel as if you have to wipe things down when you've had your cup of tea. Um, everything will be perfectly vacuumed and perfectly in its place. And the person who owns this house will be beautifully dressed. And you might feel comfortable around them, but there will be order. There will be... Um, everything will be very uh, perfectionist. Now, in in orthodox medicine, we're not looking for things like that. But in homeopathy, we're looking for pictures. We're looking for patterns right. of how okay. people 
manifest in their lives and this can be mentally emotionally and physically so a person who might need arsenicum as well as being um, very tidy and clean in their appearance and in their environment might also be overly so so they could be a person who worries they could be a person who actually suffers from OCD which is obsessive compulsive disorder because mm. everything has to be so clean and tidy all the time that they can't relax right um, so this is where um, we look at the whole picture of a person and we are a bit like detectives. Agatha Christie would probably have made a good homeopath because she really looked into things very deeply and, mm. and saw how everything gets put together. And when you come to see a homeopath, um, I will go into case-taking, which means right, okay. I look into... Look right back... Um, what was your birth like? What was your mother's pregnancy like? What what health history has your family got? Are there any patterns? Is there a pattern of asthma or a pattern of heart disease which we can see coming down? And the remedies will show certain tendencies. So, um, for example, arsenicum type of people, in their history, there, there may be OCD or mental health problems due to worry, nerves and stress. Mm. So that just gives you a, a little bit of a taste. And again, to show how like cures like, arsenicum, ars white arsenic, as, as a homeopathic remedy, and just to make it absolutely clear, arsenicum is a poison, as we know, if you've ever seen that film, Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, was, it was the perfect poison in the old days because it used to be added in minute doses to sandwiches and nobody would notice. They would, well, they would notice a, a gradual decline in that person's health. It was mm. only when the autopsy was done that they would discover that they'd been poisoned by arsenic. So this is not a poison. It's not taken in its poisonous form. It's taken in its homeopathic form, which is potentised diluted and, and shaken many times and um, it's a very good remedy for guess what digestive disorders people who right. might feel as if they've been poisoned people who have a lot of wind people who have symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome IBS mm. these are very very common problems that many people suffer from nowadays and if that those symptoms are coupled with symptoms of nervousness, anxiety, somebody who has a lot of attention to detail, then what will pop up in my mind is this person, arsenicum, might be... Sorry about that. So, um, just to offer some contrast to that, everyone will have heard of sulphur. Sulphur is a volcan a mineral which is yellow in colour, which comes from the core of a volcano. Mm -hmm. Sulphur, as most people know, has um, in this mineral form a smell of bad eggs. I used to live in St Lucia in the West Indies and we used to visit the sulphur springs. Absolutely fantastic for bathing, very, very healing for uh, skin complaints. Yeah. Um, just as a as a bathing water it's it has a lot of therapeutic properties now in homeopathy again we potentize it 
by diluting and shaking. And this is this information is available on the internet. People would only have to look, for example, at Ainsworth's homeopathic pharmacy, which is by royal appointment because the royal family use homeopathy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Helios homeopathic pharmacy, which is in um, in Tunbridge Wells, my town of birth. So I'm very happy that there's a homeopathic <laughs> pharmacy there. Um, you can buy sulphur as a potentised remedy, or you can buy it in your lo- local health food shop, uh, Nana Sue's in, in Ilfracombe, or you can buy it in the Bear Street Pharmacy in Barnstable, which actually specialises in homeopathy, and they used to have a lady who was there no longer, but she she's passed away, but that was her speciality. Right, okay. So, sulphur, if we potentise it, um, has a very different mental emotional feel to arsenicum. Um, my family is rather sulfurous. You go into a sulfur person's house and actually there are things all over the floor. There might be children's clothes and last night's meal in the sink um, at an extreme level and these people will make you feel immediately comfortable. In their house it does not matter how much tea you spill or how much mess you make. <laughs> you, you. Strangely enough, I know some people like that. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. So they're sulphur people. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That. And... Um, the other thing, you know, it's it's sad to say this, but, you know, we have this expression in the English language, the great unwashed. You know, sadly, homeless people don't always have access to a shower and to clean clothes. And there is this smell. It's also the teenage uh, floor drobe smell, as my <laughs> sister in <laughs> calls it. <laughs> last week's jeans and you know t-shirts and things which have this sort of sulfurous odor about Mm -hmm. them um so this is a remedy for people who find it difficult in again these remedies have polarities so you know there's a polarity in arsenicum which might be the ocd there's a polarity in sulfur which is extreme lack of self-care but um, it there's a somewhere in the middle, mm. you know, where you just feel comfortable in this environment, and uh-huh. um, and sulphur again, like arsenicum, but different picture, is very good for digestive problems. It's very good for people who have eggy smelling wind, wind that smells of bad mm. eggs, mm. because that's exactly the type of symptoms. That, that, that all the type of signs that you know when you're in a sulphur spring because you can smell the you bad smell it, yeah. egg yeah. smell. Mm. So what I love about homeopathy is that actually it's a study of life, it's a study of people, it's mm. a study of, of uh, substances, minerals, um, uh, plants, all sorts of... Um, natural substances that we like to know more about mm. so it ne- it's an it's actually i call it a sort of never-ending study because once you start in it you, you you're just you're engrossed and the other good thing is that everybody knows something about homeopathy because of what i told you about the bee sting you're yeah. not going to forget apis mel no I can no. give you other very concrete examples. Um, onion, allium sepa, we call it, red onion in homeopathy. What happens when you cut an onion? You get 
runny eyes. You might get a snivelly nose. Mm. Some people get very irritated. They get sneezy. What sort of symptoms do these remind us of? Hay fever. What sort of symptoms are people getting at the beginning of the summer? These kind of symptoms. It may not be as simple as just taking some allium sepa, some red onion, to relieve those symptoms, but it could be. Mm. Everybody knows that if you get stung by a nettle, which we call the fancy name of urtica urens in uh, homeopathy, okay. that you will get little red raised bumps. Yep. And if you get badly stung, you'll get a whole uh, patch, which looks like a condition, a skin condition, which is called urticaria, which is often a nervous condition and looks looks like a nettle rash. Sometimes urtica urens, as a homeopathic remedy, can balance, can resonate with that set okay. of symptoms in the body and cure it. So you can see there's very wide range of uses for homeopathy we can look at the whole person we can look at the their character their their emotional patterns or and that's called constitutional prescribing for which we need to take a long case right yeah and <laughs> homeopaths are notorious for taking a long time with their clients <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not rising to that one. <laughs> <laughs> we like to talk to our to the people who come to see us. Um or we can we can use therapeutic remedies. We have um lovely kits which contain forty two remedies from Ainsworth which are really useful for self prescribing. Um we have smaller kits which come from Helios Pharmacy. You've got all the well-known remedies in these mm. kits and they're such a wonderful tool um, when I was uh, I've worked in nursery schools um, I've taught in uh, homeopathy college work with homeopathy students always take if ever I'm going anywhere I always take my homeopathic remedy kit with me and if somebody has some sort of problem um, Nowadays, with health and safety, you just have to you have to ask the person. They have to decide. You know, they have to pick the remedy. Um, mm. because as a walk leader, I'm not allowed to um to offer remedies any anymore. I think that's a health and safety issue, but that's an, yes, that's a very yes. controversial subject very at the moment. Yes. So, um, in my kit, um, with my family. Um, I, I call it the miracle box because there's so many good things in it. If suddenly suddenly somebody uh, trips, has a has a bad fall, um, I had one. Uh, I had a very good example of this. I was laying paving stones in my garden in London. You know the London paving stones, and I was lining them up in the hole. <laughs> And then letting them drop. As you do. Yeah. As you do. Yes. Yeah. That makes a nice thud when they drop. I really do like that. Into position. But sadly, my big toe was in, Oops. <laughs> in the way. And I was hopping around. I went to get my kit from inside. I hopped inside to get my kit. Internet radio. The sound of success. What I'd like to do, because I've... I've 
roamed around a lot, but hopefully given people a taste of what homeopathy uh-huh. can do and yeah. what it is and how different it is from actually from an orthodox consultation and mm. an orthodox way of, of uh, working. Um, just to go over the principles, like treats like. Um, the idea of similar suffering. We're finding a remedy which creates a resonance with that yeah. person's yeah. Um, symptoms. Individualization is a very important principle of homeopathy and one that is quite misunderstood when they try to do double blind trials. Um, because it's a little bit like uh, I at school I used to play lacrosse, which actually does not have any boundaries at all. <laughs> Right. You can you can you you can find yourself going onto the next door's pitch where there was also a, a match going on, <laughs> running up the side with the ball, um, and you know a game of bowls has very definite mm. um, guidelines and yes. a very definite pitch size. Um, so I, I homeopathy is based on based in the principles are based in quantum physics and orthodox medicine is mainly based in the principles in Newtonian physics. Yes. So it, it, it would be, it's when people try to measure homeopathy by Newtonian principles, they're actually, it's a bit like asking people to play lacrosse on a, on a bowling on green. On a bowling green, yes. Yeah, it's, I get like that. Yes. Thing. I can it, understand that. Yes. So that's great that you can understand that because it's not it's, it's not possible. <laughs> there is actually, that yeah. raises one question while we're talking yes. about the principles. In some of the research that I did yes. when we were first, first yes. talked about this whole concept of doing this programme, one of the things that I read was this, this talk of dilutions. Yes. And that you can actually keep diluting yes. and diluting and diluting and it, it then went on to say that if you had an ocean yes and you put one drop of a dilute essential uh, essential oil a dilute homeopathic remedy in this water and then you went to the other side of the ocean and took a sample the po- the the original chemical that you placed in yes would still show up even though you're talking gallons and gallons and gallons of water. And how can that be? That that was one that did intrigue me. That I haven't seen that study. It sounds very it sounds fascinating. I'd be I'd be interested to if it was in that uh, um I'd be interesting to have a link to that. So it that, was somewhere in that paperwork yes, that I left you the other week. Yes, I remember that. I'll check it through. Mm. Um because I'll just Talking about potency as we're on the subject, it's good to get it clear. So, homeopathic remedies are made mainly from plant, mineral, insect and some animal sources. We use tiny amounts. So the same bee, which might even have been a dead one, (laughs) that was used in Victorian times, may still, we may still be actually using remedies from that bee now. In in 2018, mm-hmm. homeopathy does cross over with herbalism, which is the 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 use of herbs yeah. for as yeah. for medicinal purposes. 
So to take a remedy which many people have heard of, arnica, which is in the daisy family. It's a daisy which grows in the Alps and it's been traditionally used in herbalism over centuries. If people fell in, in the mountains, they would take the arnica, they would rub it mm. on the area mm. of pain. So we'd take the arnica flower, in certain cases it would be flower, leaves, roots. We put them into an alcoholic solution and we steep it there. So that's exactly what a herbalist would do. Yep. So it crosses over. Then, um, what um, this is called the mother tincture. It's basically the mother from which all other tinctures are then made. Right. So in homeopathy, we have different um, potentization scales, different dilution scales. I'll use the one which is most commonly um, found in the UK in the homeopathic pharmacies and in the health food shops, which is the centesimal scale. Centesimal just means a hundred. It's like right. salt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a dilution of one part of that mother tincture in ninety-nine parts of alcohol which makes up a hundred. Mm. Then we take one part of that and we dilute it with a further 99 parts of alcohol. And each time we dilute it, we shake it, yeah. which in, in homeopathic terms is called succussion. It just means shaking. Mm -hmm. In the old days, the old fashioned homeopaths in Victorian times, so, and people like Kent, um, Hahnemann, they, actually succussed, shook the remedy on the Bible. A hundred shakes on the Bible. And then they would take one part and they would mix it with a further 99 parts mm. of alcohol. So when this happens once, it's called a 1C. C as in Roman numerals. Yeah. yeah. When, this, when this dilution process happens twice, it's a 2C three times 3C, mm -hmm. every time diluting and shaking. So the remedies that we find in the health food shops in the UK are generally 6C and 30C. Right. And when I drop the paving stone on my foot... <laughs> <laughs> Back to that paving stone, <laughs> yes. yes. I knew we'd get there eventually. <laughs> I, I took a, an Arnica 200C which means it had been diluted and shaken, diluted and shaken 200 times. This potency is, is what we call a high potency in homeopathy, and it, it is more potent or more powerful energetically than a low potency. Right. Can I interrupt yes. you there? Because yes. this is where I have a bit of an yes. issue. How can something that's diluted, obviously you're taking one minute section of it and putting it into something else that is 99 times yes. bigger than what you've done. Yes. That, in, in conventional thinking, yes. means that the, the, the next drop that you take is weakened because you've diluted it yes. by 99 times. That is true. So how can you then turn around and say that something that's 
got that higher number is stronger than the original or than the, the, late, the earlier dilutions. That is such a good point. And that's where so much of the controversy around homeopathy uh, lies. Um, something, the solution is weaker, just as you say, mm-hmm. because there's less of the original substance yep. in it. Yep. But because of the diluting and the shaking, it becomes more potent. It's to do with the it's to do with the shaking. It's ah, to do with right. the movement. Okay. It's to do with the energy. Right. So that's one of the reasons. So what is weaker physically is potentized, and it becomes stronger energetically. Got you. That's uh, where I did, I was getting confused. But it is confusing. It is yeah. confusing. And there are several studies for people. I mean, we're getting quite in depth here, which is really interesting. There's a French scientist called Jacques Benveniste. And he did studies um, which were about the memory of water. Water has a memory. Okay. So going back to what you were saying about the oceans... Jacques Benveniste would have had something to say about that. But this is very in-depth scientific research, Mm. which if people are interested in that, they can go into it. But just to say that uh, Jacques Benveniste, he actually repeated his experiments, and many people since then have repeated his experiments, but they're experiments based in principles of quantum physics again. Right. And okay. he was actually ostracised by his own profession. I can imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was not popular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, again, while we're talking about this, I think it's worth mentioning that um, homeopathic remedies can't be patented. Homeopathic remedies are made from natural substances. Mm. You can go out into your garden and pick some daisies and, and by diluting and shaking them many, many times, you can make your own homeopathic yeah, remedy. Yeah. You can actually make chamomile tea into a homeopathic remedy by diluting and shaking it many, many times. If you have a crying baby, <laughs> I've done it before, mm-hmm. to calm them down. Because just as chamomile works, people drink chamomile tea because it's nice and calming. When we potentise it, it, it has an even more calming effect yeah um so yeah um homeopathic remedies can't be potent can't be patented so there's no money to be made out of them i mean obviously there's the pennies that you can make out of them by making up a little bottle of remedies and by putting them in in a homeopathy kit which Mm. is what pharmacies do but there's not the millions of pounds that can be made yeah. out of a pharmaceutical drug. So there's this odd... It's homeopathy in its, in its recent lifetime. I'll just mention Samuel Hahnemann, who was a chemist. And who was, who, um, he was a pharmacist. And he was a big researcher. He spoke many languages, including Arabic. Um, he, he could read Latin. Um, Greek, French, G- he was a German, English, uh, to name but a few. Mm. 
he researched orthodox drugs and he said that he threw them all out bearing in mind that um medicine in his time was based <laughs> based on things like mercury and uh <laughs> silver nitrate <laughs> which were poisonous substances for treating syphilis and this kind of thing and the only uh, drug that he decided he would include in his in his pharmaceutical pharmacy was castor oil and <laughs> <laughs> this is in the 17 late 1700s he really went into things in depth and he developed homeopathic remedies many of them from the poisonous drugs which were being used therapeutically, mm. in inverted commas, yeah. <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So that's why in homeopathy we use a lot of poisons, um, which because they are diluted and shaken, this is another very positive thing about potentization, we can take what ostensibly is a poisonous sub substance like arginit, which is silver nitrate, or mercury, mercurial sol, or arsenicum, white arsenic, and we can convert them through the process of potentization into healing, yeah, um, yeah. into very, very energy, energetic healing remedies. So there's a great story, actually, about Kent, who was one of the early uh, homeopaths, and there's many of Kent's books that you can you can buy very cheaply off Amazon, <clears throat> including his Materia Medica. And he was a doctor. Mo uh, many of the early homeopaths were doctors, mm -hmm. but they were trying to to cure in a more gentle way. They were looking, they were the experimental doctors who were looking for other solutions. And Kent um, was reputed to have gone out to do his rounds, you know, in his carriage with his horse um, going around the, the town. And there was a, a, a terrible outbreak of some sort of uh, virus with an, with an awful, awful stomach problems and cramps and this kind of thing. And I think it was arsenicum that he was trying out. And... He tentatively gave a couple of people who had these symptoms on his round that morning some arsenicum 6C, which is being diluted and shaken mm. six times, expecting them to be dead the next day because this was such a bad bout. And actually, when he came back the next day, all of these people were better. Wow. <laughs> so... The early homeopaths were experimenting mm. with their potencies. They were moving away from, or they were using drugs which they were familiar with and in a new way. And that's developed and developed. And another one of the principles, again going back, is um, provings is another big principle of homeopathy, which means, and this is again, some of it, John Lee, who used to be running Ainsworth's homeopathic pharmacy for many, many years, and I used to buy my remedies from him when I worked from the health food shop in London, and I used to work at a homeopathic bookshop in London for many years, <clears throat> Minerva Books. Um, he used to say it used to take people 10 years in his uh, sort of experience to get into a homeopathic way of thinking 
-hmm. Because just as you were saying with regards to potentization and dilution, it's so polarised, it's so it turns thinking on its head. But when it comes to provings, what we do is we take a remedy, and I'll take something which most people will have heard of, like chamomile, because many people drink chamomile tea. To do a proving, it's like a test. There'll be maybe five, six, ten people involved. Everyone will take a different potency of the remedy that we call chamomilla, which is chamomile. Mm-hmm. Maybe some pe- two people will take a 6C daily, twice a day. Five people will take a 30C twice daily. And three people will take a 200C twice daily. And they keep a diary and they write down any symptoms that are coming up. So maybe they might get a gripey pain, a little bit of diarrhoea, eye symptoms, anything that comes up, which is not what they would usually notice in their general way of being. And then what happens is all the provers' diaries are put together and everyone has a discussion, and the picture of the remedy emerges. It's one of the remedy symptoms of chamomilla. It's a very good remedy for babies and teething. Um, it used to be marketed by Nelson's as teether, so m- uh, many young mothers will know this remedy. That what emerges with babies is they get one very red cheek and one white cheek. Yes, they do, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that actually can be helped by the remedy chamomilla. So if a baby was involved in the proving, perhaps that symptom might might come out. But a composite, you could say, picture then emerges. And in a materia medica, which is literally the materials of the medicines, we sh- in homeopathy, technically, we should call it an energetica medica because mm. it's the energies of the medicines, the symptoms, are all enumerated. So... Each prover has a number and all their symptoms are written down so that when we want to look back at chamomilla and we want to see who it was proved by, we can see, ah, this is Hahnemann's proving from the 1700s and these doctors were involved in the study. Okay. And we can see exactly what symptoms they came up with. And then this body of knowledge has been built on and built on and built on. Mm. So we have modern day provings. We now have remedies of all sorts of exciting things which they never used to use in the old days, like rose quartz and flying eagle. And this also can give homeopathy a bad name, you could say, because people could say, well, how on earth can you prove symptoms of you know flying eagle but actually people have gone through this process and they have written down the symptoms and they've come to a a body of <laughs> of of uh, knowledge through doing this and it may be fear of heights love of heights love of hang gliding <laughs> mm. interesting <laughs> and because as as a crystal therapist mm. i find that the mention of rose quartz mm. very very interesting mm. because when I first encountered rose quartz, it was the love mm. energy. Yes, yes, very much so. 
And to actually know that somebody has actually been involved in doing approving mm. of that is, is fascinating. And that's t- t- something for another discussion, Absolutely. I'm sure. So, sorry, sorry to have interrupted your flow there. But no, that's I, I great. I just felt that, that was important. I to... think it's very important. And, and, you know, Rose Quartz has that in its picture as a mm. homeopathic remedy. So this is what I, when I say everybody knows a bit of homeopathy your understanding and knowledge as a crystal therapist means that you could probably quite happily use the the homeopathic remedy rose quartz Mm. because what you'll be using it for as a crystal therapist will emerge in the picture very likely of it as a homeopathic remedy it's a it's a remedy for those who've been wounded in the heart for those who are looking to be healed in the heart, for mm. those people who have, you know, maybe difficulties in relationships, people who find it difficult to open up. Yep. So all of that will be in the picture. And we use a whole range of crystals as remedies mm. now, which it's extending, you know, all the time. In fact, there's a man whose name is Jan Schulten. And I remember going to one of his seminars in the 90s and he has a book which is Homeopathy and Minerals. Lots of different um, minerals are looked at. And he, he subsequently wrote a, a wonderful book called Homeopathy and the Elements, looking at all the different elements mm-hmm. and how they manifest in people's personalities, in, you know, you can imagine hydrogen and helium the spaced out <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. the space yeah. cadets yeah. um but again somebody who's who's very scientific listening to me saying that would say well how do you know that how do you know that and there's good homeopathy is actually based on good science mm. if you look mm. into it it is based on good science which leads me very very nicely mm. into the question that mm. i i've in, in the interest mm. of balance, mm. I think we have to cover the fact that there is this anti-homeopathic movement mm. that is pervading the United States. Yes. So, basically, it would be interesting to get your take on why they should be doing this and how it, it makes you feel and knowing that this is going on. Mm. So if if you'd like to sort of put your thinking into that side of things mm. for a few moments and then we can, when we'll have to then sort of look at winding up because we've got 15 minutes or so yes. left. Well, yeah. it's interesting you should talk about this. There's a, a very good documentary which came out, I think, last year and it's called Just One Drop, which I highly recommend people look at. It was actually live streamed free and we showed it here at Cranley House, and you watched it. I watched the, the first 40 minutes or something like that of it, yes. Fantastic. And as it was live-streamed during Homeopathy Awareness Week. This film really highlights some of the history of homeopathy, and the, the word I would use is the persecution, actually, that it's been <laughs> under, yeah. the hammering yeah. that it's got. Interestingly, in America, I think it came into this documentary, that an association of homeopaths was actually started before the American Medical Association. And the American (laughs) Medical Association, I think if I've got my facts right, 
was started as a kind of response to this to the homeopathic association <laughs> starting up <laughs> to kind of give them a biff on the head and to shut them up. There's a man called Harris Coulter who has written an in- a very, very detailed history of the battle, I think is the word I want to use, <laughs> that, that, the, that the, the American Medical Association waged against uh, homeopaths. The, the usual thing is, you will be struck off your register if you do this. Mm-hmm. And that is the technique that the American, I think it's the American Medical Association, used with anyone who was uh, caught practicing homeopathy in in one case i think there was <laughs> just one drop mentions somebody whose wife practiced homeopathy therefore he had to be struck oh, off the, the register <laughs> for associating with a homeopath good heavens goodness me so this is this is big debate and it's it does boil down a lot to world paradigms world views Newtonian versus quantum. Now, I'm not in either camp, because actually our universe operates in using both principles. You know, we can play bowls and we can play lacrosse. Yep, yep, very much so. (laughs) If we choose to. And Um, you could have a half-hearted attempt at playing lacrosse on a bowling Yeah, (laughs) 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 you could. So... That what is at the bottom of a lot of these things is money. Mm. And, you know, for me personally as a practitioner, I don't practice homeopathy because it brings me wealth. I practice homeopathy because I believe that it is the most amazing system of healing and I love to be part of that paradigm Mm. i can understand um you know if i wanted to make a lot of money i'd probably do better to retrain as a doctor (laughs) and prescribe drugs yeah yeah (laughs) so i think it's important to look at that interestingly also there have been many cases of doctors who've actually set out to discredit homeopathy And they've converted to using homeopathy because when they looked into it, they found it was so good that Mm. they couldn't actually leave it alone. So that's an incredible, you know, so it's it. There's lots of different issues at stake here. But at the bottom of it, I think, is is worldviews and the tension of moving from one paradigm to another, which doesn't sit well always with the old god and it's it's difficult for us as human beings isn't it mm. to to transition from one yeah, way of thinking yeah, yeah. to another unless it's, unless you get sort of into the, the mindset that this is the right thing yes. to do and then it becomes an easy process um as my transformation from my world as it was to what it is now to actually becoming a therapist and so on and so forth and it, it just it it felt right and it was an easy process to yes. undertake so one of one of the the things that you touched on very very early and I, I i have to do this in the interests of balance is the fact that i think the the major corporations that are involved have brought a lot of sway to bear because their existence is being challenged 
Uh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I feel that whilst there may be a groundswell of support within those organisations for looking at the homeopathic and seeing whether they can work together, the powers that be within those organisations are looking and seeing something that could be potentially perceived or could be perceived as a threat to their existence. That is really true. And there, there is actually a campaign to besmirch homeopathy you know there are there's definite trolling mm. on the internet you know people who who mix in with home uh, facebook groups and will do everything they can to detract from homeopathic remedies there's a, a magician his name is uh, randy i actually excuse me paul uh, i can't remember his, his first name but his, <laughs> his name is randy and he was involved in um, a campaign to um, to smear homeopathy. There's a very eminent scientist whose name is Edzard Ernst, who actually, as far as I know, trained as a homeopath and used homeopathy. And then he was given a very prominent p position in a university somewhere, I think, in the West Country. Again, this is all, you can verify all of this on the internet. He says everything he possibly can to discredit homeopathy. And he is in the pay of guess who? There's studies which have been done, which are selectively done so that the film Just One Drop, I'll point you back to this one again, talks about a couple of these studies which cut off the number of the people in the study at 150. They mm. don't look at any numbers, any studies below that number of people. Because if they look at studies which are done with above 150 people, it looks as if they can conclude that homeopathy doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. But they are ignoring the studies which have 140 people and which have 145 people, mm. which conclude that homeopathy works. So it's a question of looking at all the evidence, I think, and coming away and seeing what we think as individuals. This yeah. is an individual journey. It's an individual choice. What we choose, how we choose to go with our health. Now, I have been using natural medicines. I was given up on by the medical profession when I was in my late 20s. My health was very bad. My health is much better now age 57 than it was when I was 27 mm. and I have used homeopathy and natural medicine and naturopathy which I also practice and diet and nutritional uh, choices practicing yoga using meditation for the last 30 years and on that note Catherine fantastic thank you so much and I'm sure we could fill another hour if we carried on. Um, I found it very, very interesting. I would like to take up uh, another hour of your time at some future yes. point and, and let's, look at, let's look at something else because I, I find it fascinating. It's such an interest, and it's so interesting talking to you because you're a crystal therapist because the same 
criticisms can be often levelled against crystal therapy on, on what is it based, yes. on what type Absolutely. of science. Absolutely. Yeah. So, again, thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed it. I hope the listeners out there have, have enjoyed it as well. And uh, I'll see you all again very, very soon here on Under Blue Skies. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye now. Dave Baxter, The Sound of Success.